This is the Fire Life. Medic 11. We still have quite a bit of fire in the water. The podcast that takes you inside Adams County Fire Rescue. Adams County Offside. And introduces you to the brave men and women keeping our community safe. When the tone drops, we're all family and we all take care of each other. Uh, right now we have an outside fire. No, we got this guy that is here. Roger, I got Can we also get some salvage operation in here? On this edition of the Fire Life, firefighters and police, what is this rivalry? We definitely have alpha personalities on either side, and there's a lot of flexing. What happens on scene? We try not to step on each other's toes, but each of us needs our own space to get the job done, I guess, if you will. Also, the camaraderie. I don't think there's any greater responsibility than any of us will ever have than providing care, taking care of another first responder. And of course, the kidding. And so I don't know what the motivator is to park directly in front of the house on fire. <laughs> But a fire hose through the windows will will cure that once and for all. So (laughs) this is the fire life. Welcome to the fire life, a podcast by Adams County Fire Rescue. I'm your host, Julie Brownman. I'm the public information officer at ACFR. And this is a podcast we've been wanting to do for a while. I hate to say police versus fire. So we're going to say police and fire because both agencies work together a lot, and there is uh, a little bit of a rivalry. So let's get to the cast of thousands. First up, Captain Mike Tavales, who's been in the fire service for over 20 years. Mike, what did you think when I first asked you to do this podcast? The police and fire hockey brawl. (laughs) Next up from the police side is Sergeant Adam Sherman, who heads up the public information office at Adams County Sheriff's Department. And Adam, what people should also know is you've also done a lot of roles in the police department at Adams County Sheriff's Office. You are also a sworn officer. Yes. Yeah. So I went through our academy. I worked in our jail division. I worked on the streets here with the alongside these guys, uh, work patrol, worked as an investigator in our detective division. Now I'm at our headquarters doing communications. Okay, Adam. So what did you think when I asked you to do this particular podcast? Let's do it. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, it, it's good to uh, not only address, um, you know, and, and have fun together, but, you know, just address things that we, we both see uh, from the different perspectives. And also joining us is ACFR firefighter Jesse Jerome. Jesse's in his first year here at ACFR, but you have such an interesting background because, in your past seven years, you were an officer, a police officer at Aurora Police Department. So tell me now what you think when I asked you to do this one, because you have such an interesting background. <laughs> that I'm going to be in the middle of all of it today. <laughs> traitor! No matter Is what. this your, traitor? <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything that goes wrong on either side will likely be blamed on That's me. That's fair. So I think the public always hears about this rivalry between police versus fire. Maybe, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what is this rivalry? What is this all about? Well, I guess it starts with the nature of the beast. I mean, we work similar, you know, 24-7. Uh, we work in emergency situations. We both have dedicated roles to fill when, it, when we get these calls for service. Um, and I think that's where some of the collaboration and some of the rivalry comes in is while you guys are doing one job, we're trying to do another and those conflict, even though the entire of the job is to, you know, handle the situation of the person that, that called 911. So how do those conflict? Well, going back to, we you know, where you spoke about roles and responsibilities and so on, you know, who gets to be on stage, who gets the spotlight at that time. I think it can, uh, it, it just, it changes 
you know, at a moment's notice, you know, whether it's uh, from a car crash that could be something, you know, illegal, like, say, a, a DUI or something in that regard, uh, where we provide the patient care and get the hurt folks out of there. But then now it takes a turn to more of the uh, the criminal investigation side um, to you name it on any given scene that we're on that has that it alternates and oscillates back and forth to who's in charge and who's doing what. And you definitely have alpha personalities on either side. And there's a lot of flexing, whether it be um, physically or verbally or what have you. I mean, you know, so um, high emotions when the incident is happening, especially uh, um, a very intense call or high acuity call, um, you know, so yeah, it's just, it's just, um, I'm trying to, like put it to words how that goes back and forth, but we try not to step on each other's toes, but each of us needs our own space to get the job done, I guess, if you will. Jesse, I think a lot of people want to know, why did you decide to make the switch from being a police officer to a firefighter? Back to EMS. Um, So I worked in emergency medicine full-time for about 16 years before becoming a police officer. Um, After spending seven years being a police officer, I, I certainly realized I was more passionate about medicine and providing care. And I kept my paramedics cert that whole time. So it really wasn't that huge of a transition for me. Um, the defining factor, though, you're going to have to probably edit it out. <laughs> no, I, I think <laughs> that I, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened in 2020 in the following years from that being a police officer working in um, that system during civil unrest and all of that stuff was just absolutely taxing. Yeah. So it was, and it was not only, it was taxing on, on me as a police officer, but I was watching on my peers. It was terribly difficult for the fire department in that area at the time. Um, and like I said, I've, I've kept my paramedics or I've had it for 22 years now. So it just seemed like a natural progression to kind of get back into medicine. Adam, how difficult was that particular time for you? Extremely difficult. So uh, from my perspective, I was actually on our uh, mobile field force team, so trained to handle civil unrest. So I was actually there. Yeah, we, we probably worked some probably of those alongside same unrest together. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so not only did you have what was going on nationally, um, but then here locally, um, we had a lot of... Uh, hate and vitriol pointed at the Aurora Police Department. So we would go in as a uh, assisting agency and help them with a lot of that unrest. And, you know, and and it felt from the law enforcement side, um, at least my perspective is no matter what we did, it wasn't right. So if we if we did something to, you know, protect life and 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 property and liberty um, and, and acted in a certain way, we were under scrutiny. If we didn't, if we kind of stayed back and let the unrest happen in a controlled way, we were also scrutinized. So it's like, it was a really tough position that time. Uh, and then luckily uh, that summer I was actually uh, transferred over to our headquarters. So then I was able to see the bigger picture from a communication standpoint and kind of a, a agency wide standpoint of what it was doing to our, to our people. Um, and during those um, deployments, you know, and having guys like you around was incredible. So we actually, in our, smaller teams we had either an, an a paramedic with us or we actually have on our side a, a few guys that similarly have their uh, ems certificates to where if we, one of us go down we'll be treated right away until we can get to a, a warm zone um to be treated but it was that was a scary time for us scary time for our families 
Um, so it's, and it happened. We saw a huge, just nationally, a huge increase of, of people leaving the law enforcement profession and seeking other employment because it was just an extremely volatile time. So, Mike, I know obviously there's this rivalry and this fun rivalry, but at that time, was it difficult to see your deputy friends and your police officer friends go through that? Could you see that stress that they were under? You could see the stress that was on everybody at that time. And obviously, um, the microscope came in a little closer on everyone who was wearing a badge, regardless of whether you were law enforcement or uh, fire rescue or whatever the situation was. Um, Everybody kind of you know, had to deal with, um, that extra scrutiny, um, a a lot of, um, resentment, distrust from the community. Um, it was, it was tough for everyone, but, you know, definitely more so on the side of law enforcement folks. And it was kind of a no-win situation for them. It felt like a lot of times. And so, uh, you know, you, you did what you could to to reach out. I guess is where the rivalry became more of a, a brotherhood in that, you know, situation. We, you know, it wasn't like, uh, we still kitted around, but it was definitely not to the level that it was maybe a year before or anything like that. There was more of a just, you know, being in touch with one another and being there for each other because obviously we all, you know, are working towards the same goal. Where else do you see examples of that brotherhood and sisterhood where you kind of put aside the kidding and put aside the kidding about the calendars and the donuts, but really feel like you're in this together? Well, I mean, anytime that the situation gets dire, whether it's a uh, been a shooting of some sort, officer involved shooting. Um, if any one of the officers is injured, regardless of what agency it's for, you know, we'll rush into um, harm's way without a second thought about that um, to, you know, go ensure their welfare and do our part, you know, and, um, you know, it's definitely risky. It can be at sometimes, but uh, um, that's what we're there for, you know, so we have each other's back. And and likewise, there's been times where um, we've had situations turn upside down on a medical scene. And it was just simply a matter of saying, hey, I need help. Step it up. And you can hear the cavalry coming, literally. Yeah. No, agreed. I mean, there's been countless times where I've held IV bags. I've you know done CPR where somebody gets geared or where we're just jumping in, whatever needs to be done. And they've done the same to where, um, you know, if you, you hear a call, you just go, um, especially when certain situations, if it's a, a child involved or just, you know, something dire where you don't have time to sit and talk of who wants to do what. And no, this is mine. You just, you just go, you, you know, you, you grab a brother and sister and you go. Um, but I mean, I guess going back to the initial topic, I mean, I've always seen it as more of the, the, the greater family as like, we can make fun of each other and poke fun of each other, but if anybody else messes with us, it's yeah, it's a, it's a whole nother ball game. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been tons of scenes like that where it's something critical where it's, you know, here, tag me in, I'll jump in so they can go or vice versa. Hey, go get this from the truck. Sure. I'll try my best. And, um, so you just work that way. But I mean, and a lot of it comes from that perspective though. I mean, cause when we arrive on a scene, let's, let's say a, a fire, we may arrive and be like, okay, is this a burglary arson? Is there, you know, some crime happened inside and they immediately come out and start hooking up the hose and spraying water. I'm no, my evidence, you know, so you just, you, you, you the, the different roles are what kind of naturally create the conflict, but ultimately, and, and and I think we've come a long way to where get the job done first, you know, the emergency first and all that can be sorted out later. I mean, but it's, you know, it's, it's all in good fun. And, you know, you mentioned hockey, 
you know, police fire, you know, softball, the police fire games. I mean, there's tournaments for it. It's all in good fun to get, um, you know, but ultimately, especially working the similar hours, seeing the same crews, um, seeing the same shifts on the police side, you, you, you definitely build up a bond. Yeah. I, I throw this in there too. Like that bond and everything that we're discussing, I don't think there's any greater responsibility than any of us will ever have than providing care, taking care of another first responder, whether it's the police helping us out, us providing care to the cops. Like, um, I, I, I would challenge anybody to say there's a bigger responsibility that either of us will ever have. And that going back and forth and talking trash is just part of the mix. I didn't think that we would get into this this early, but it seems fitting for what we're talking about right now. Back on January 24th, 2018, Detective Heath Gum was killed in the line of duty from the Adams County Sheriff's Department. And Mike, you were on that call. Mm -hmm. I know you don't talk about it a lot, but in this conversation and talking about this brotherhood and sisterhood, I can't imagine how difficult that was to be a part of. And I know that you still think about it a lot. Um, well, the incident itself, you know, it's still, it's still very real and very complete as a memory. You know, when you get in a situation that is just so intense, um, you remember every single thing you did as it happened. And maybe that's a curse that I have. I don't know. Um, a lot of people kind of give me some stuff for having a, a memory sometimes. But, uh, you know, we were on a, the original call was an assault. Um, we were ascending the stairs to go to the apartment where the incident, you know, was happening. Um, and as we were ascending the stairs, we heard gunshots, um, spoke to one of the deputies who was on scene in the victim's apartment. Um, and he let us know that there was an officer that was, uh, uh, might be wrong here, either shot or injured, but, um, my medic crew was safe. They were able to manage um, what they had going on at that original scene. We left with the deputy and started making our way to the call that was literally on the next block over and um, rolling around the block. I'm just trying to get whatever information I could from dispatch because obviously everybody was overwhelmed right at that time. Um, you know, hearing that this was you know, pretty much what you could explain as an active shooter scene. Um, the subject was still at large. We had no idea where they're at. Um, we grabbed our gear and we started heading towards the deputy. Um, and we started uh, rendering, you know, whatever care we could until um, next arriving animals could get there. Um, fortunately, um, my crew that was on the original call um, heard what was going on. They wrapped up that scene, made their way to us. Um, we had Detective Gum loaded up and he was out of there in just a matter of moments. But, um, you know, it's one of those where all the kidding aside, all the jokes aside, we knew, you know, full well what we were getting into, but that was the choice that we made to go into that, to go after this deputy and do whatever we could to help them. Um, very, very stressing. Um, even after the fact, you know, you're, you're in the moment, you're not really thinking about, you know, whatever dangers involved in that. And I don't think anybody is, but you know, once you start to, to, uh, de-escalate and you've got a little time by yourself, you know, all the emotions hit, um, definitely very sad and tragic, you know, time right there. You felt very hollow. You just lost, you know, a friend, um, and, you know, you know, one of the family and, um, yeah, a lot of pain, you know, that followed with that. Um, and, and still to this day, you know, that date pops up, um, have some things around the house that remind me of him, you know, in that situation and, you know, hope to never encounter that again. Um, cause it, 
it just hurts. And it's, it's one of those forever injuries that's just going to always be there. You know, you learn to, you learn to deal with it, but it's never going to be something that goes away. Were you on scene with him a lot? Um, not, not at a personal level. You know, I know a handful of the guys here at Adams County Fire, um, played hockey with them, um, stuff off to the side. Um, definitely, you know, an avid sportsman, but he was more of a, a young fellow who, you know, I'd see around here and there, say, hi, what's up and that kind of stuff. But it wasn't, uh, um, not a whole lot of kidding around. He just, you know, it was more professional level kind of, uh, interaction that he and I had. Adam, I know his death made a huge impact and mark on your agency. Absolutely. Uh, and it still does. So it's one of those things where we have, I mean, granted now, I think we're at six years have passed, but we still have an incredible amount of people who came up through our agency with them, who are still with us, uh, still, still work at various capacities that it's, it's, it's a, it's an impact. And that's from, you know, everywhere from our training unit. Um, cause he was a, a, a well-liked and, and valued FTO, a field training officer. Uh, he worked in our jail, so he had connections and friendships there. He went through our academy or no, he, uh, actually laddled from in the mountain. So we actually had another agency too, that had ties with him that, that joined in, um, in the aftermath. Um, you know, he worked patrol for a long time. I worked alongside with him in patrol. And then, uh, as investigators, we actually came in and, um, we, investigated and prosecuted, you know, worked with DA's office to prosecute the case. So we all had personal ties and worked very hard to make sure we put a, you know, rock solid case together, um, to, to bring justice for, for Heath and his family. And, but it's definitely something that will never go away. Um, we have, you know, people all the time. I mean, we have, um, you know, just everything from big things, little things to remind of them, but it's, you know, how do you replace somebody that you work alongside with that you would, trust with your life, uh, going through a doorway or anything. And all of a sudden they're just, they're, they're taken from you and you, you, you know, so yeah, shock, fear, um, a lot of just uncertainty in those, in those hours and, and days afterwards, it was, it was a chaotic time for sure. And it's something I would, I don't wish upon anybody to go through, um, from, you know, military fire, police, you know, personally it's, it's, it's horrible. For all first responders do times like that, in on on fire and police, does that cause you to reevaluate your career choice? Certainly, but that I mean that evening I was working that evening in Aurora, and that came across our CAD as well. Like that, that incident shocked the metro area. So, and as far as like guiding or directing a career path, I mean I'd be lying if I didn't say that instance like that don't have something to do with it. Certainly it does. It's, those are very personal moments that are incredibly impactful for years to come. So, so Jesse, because of your background, do you see things that maybe firefighters don't see since you were a former police officer? Certainly. Yeah. So Valhaz is laughing because we've had these conversations. <laughs> yeah. You want to start? Uh, I, I, I've, I've seen all kinds of different stuff where, whether it's a safety issue on our part and I, and I say a safety issue on the fire department's side of things where we roll into something and, and I'm questioning our decision-making as to why we're going into it. No, I mean, there's been a, a few things when Jesse came over to us and he was online, you know, we'd go through uh various apartment complexes and he'd just be quick to point out that's probably a stolen car. 
That's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> you guys are probably like, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, obviously he's come, you know, across through the years and his experiences, but uh, yeah, a whole lot of stories there. It took a little while um, for him to kind of get out of that cop mode, I guess, if you will, because you could see it kick in, you know, we go to uh, one half or the other of a, a, you know, domestic incident rendering care and his switch was still stuck in cop mode. And you can see that on his face. You know, so he's he's working the perimeter right there, keeping everything safe. And <laughs> where do you go? You know, so uh, um, yeah, it's you know, it's it's a, it's something funny to see where you know somebody who's cross trained like that, plug and play, you know, for whatever uh, whatever needs to be used at that time is actually kind of handy to have. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I know just on our side, um, with a lot of these more mass incidents, we've we've gotten a lot better with our training. So having somebody like Jesse to where he's got both sides trained up, it's, it's incredible. But yeah, so, cause I know we've done a lot more with um, preparation for, you know, school shootings and incidents or any other type of mass incident where, yeah, we, you know, we grab two of you, two of us and we go. Um, and so having that mindset is, is totally valuable in that skill set. And Adam, what do you think that firefighters don't appreciate about police officers and the challenge that you guys have? Oh, you guys sleep better than us for sure. <laughs> I, I could throw into that one totally disagree <laughs> you probably eat better than us too <laughs> not that the invites are never extended that's fair put those out there that's fair i i got one i, yeah, I hate to it. jump in for yeah. it but I, it's it's easy we we run calls and whether you're on the engine or the medic unit like it's, it's relatively straightforward right we go make contact help solve whatever issues happening. All of us get back on the engine and we all come back here. Um, whereas I've gone on tons of calls with you guys and I'm like, Oh man, somebody, one person on that scene is going to be typing for the next three hours. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. The paperwork you didn't, yeah, I, I, I didn't get into this uh, career field thinking that I would just be a stenographer or, you know, yeah. Report taker all the time. And that's about 80% of it is it. And not only that, but then, you know, you're dealing with other circumstances, people coming into the, you know, looky lose, who knows what else is going on, how many times you stumble across, you know, you're rendering aid and yeah, the stolen car sitting in the driveway or something's out in the open plain view. Uh, so there's just a lot of considerations um, that we have to then go and, and, and abide by and, um, and a lot of restraints too, rightfully so, um, but just a lot of constitutional requirements we have to consider while we're uh, on a certain scene or dealing with, with people. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's definitely interesting. So yeah, the paperwork aspect is, you know, your 10 hour shift turns into, you know, 18 hours of like, I'm, I'm done and I'm not even halfway done. You know, I'm not even halfway through. And uh, I've definitely, I've definitely seen that a few times where I'm like, I'm getting back on the engine. And I'm like, Oh man, I'm, I'm so glad I switched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is there anything you actually miss about the police department? I mean, certainly like some aspects of working with individual people and having a good time with that was I miss, but overwhelmingly, like I hate to trash it right now, but no, I don't. I'm, I'm, there's some aspects of it that were really fun, but I think the riots and all the protests and civil unrest like sealed the deal for me. And I, I hate to circle back to that because there's certainly some positive things that came out of that both personally and professionally. But yeah, I, I, I've, I've told these guys on my crew before, like there's no lonelier place on the planet than being in a patrol car by yourself. In my opinion, 
it's like we're all four of us or three of us are in the engine or there's two of us in the medic unit. You always have a partner with you riding solo in a, in a patrol car. The whole time where, yeah, I can see that could be. It's terribly lonely. In a vehicle by yourself. Yeah. And, and yeah. over, you know, graveyard shift talk radios, like, you don't listen to so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh yeah. There's, there's not much on. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's tough. Okay, Adam, fill in the blank on this. This type of person goes into law enforcement. Well, that's tricky. Um, well, and, and Mike mentioned earlier, you have, a, I would say majority are your, you know, your type A, just thrill seeking, go getter, you know, want, want to truly help and help people, but they have just that weird, like, all right, what's okay. Uh, and then you have uh, another segment who are maybe a little bit more cautious and laid back and analytical. I probably fall into that a little bit more. I'm not much of a thrill seeker, but, um, but overall it's people who truly, I think want to make an impact, whether they're from this specific, specific community, or they've had some sort of draw to this career field. I was lucky enough as a youngster to have some mentors who are both firefighters and, and law enforcement that just left a really positive impression on me. So it's just a trajectory. I always saw myself going into, um, I mean, it, but it truly takes all kinds. I hate to give a generic answer, but I would say majority are just that go getter. Um, you know, give me the car keys, give me the, you know, let's, let's go, let's do this. Um, and it takes all kinds though. I mean, cause truly, cause you do need those who just, I want to take my report and I love being by myself and I've got my snacks and I'm good to go in my patrol car. Uh, and then you got some that are just, you know, and then they want to do more, you know, SWAT operators or canine where they need a little bit more specialty. So, um, you know, it, it takes a lot, but I would say if you've, if you, you know, an adrenaline junkie sign up for either one of us, cause we'll, we'll take you and you'll, you'll find a home for sure. Okay. So Mike, on the other side, how would you fill in the blank here? This type of person should be a firefighter. Oh my gosh. This kind of person fits into the fire service. Well, I think regardless of either discipline, you got to be a little crazy. Um, preferably some military background experience. So you kind of understand you know, the, uh, how the organization is established, um, always hungry to learn something, uh, definitely want action. Um, some people like jumping out of airplanes, you know, some people, uh, skateboard or downhill ski or whatever the thing is that, you know, that turns them on. I think us racing down the street and either running into a, a crisis situation of some sort, you know, regardless of the call type for, uh, either discipline is, is our thing. And we just, you know, it, uh, we like solving problems too and solving them on the fly really with little or no information um, is kind of a big thing for us as well. So um, hopefully that kind of completes the sentence. Um, you know, there's, there's a person out there, I think, uh, and I agree that you've got, you've got all kinds that can bring something to the table in either organization. Um, but uh, you just got to find which one is the fit for you. And Jesse's been working on it for the last 20 some years. I think you've figured it out now. Hopefully we'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, whatever person, if you want to challenge, if you like it, if you, if you like solving enigmas or, you know, it, it's a great, great uh, job, either one. Also, if you just want a front seat to the greatest show, craziest show you'll ever see, I can't imagine what you've seen in your time. I know I've, there's some things I think about and I just can't stop smiling. So it's, you never know. So I think part of the bond here going on is that both agencies are in Adams County and there is some stuff 
going on in Adams County. What? No, no way. (laughs) So it's probably safe to say that not every department sees what we see here in Adams County. So is is that really a bond between the both agencies that you're out on these incidents together, seeing things that are other agencies don't get to see? Yeah, I think definitely it's I've I've been fortunate enough to work in a couple of places in the metro area and the area that we're in currently is fairly unique and um yeah it's it's no surprise we i when i see pd roll up in certain areas like i kind of expect them to be there so <laughs> it's, a, it's a little spicy around here yeah yeah there's a little little stuff some, some stuff happens yeah. yeah okay so unless we want to say more nice things about each other this is the part of the podcast where shots can be fired. Shots. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, what do you think of Julie? What are you- <laughs> Adam, you get to go first. I mean, the obvious. I mean, we, we, we make sure we're nice and quiet when we're around the firehouse. We don't wake, wake anybody up all hours of the day. We know you guys enjoy your sleep. So <laughs> you started this. <laughs> yeah. The 2 a.m. canine guy who's out there letting his dog do his business on the lawn that we mow, um, screaming at the dog, um, the dog's barking. You're interrupting our sleep. Uh, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> that's why we sleep so bad. I mean, that's that's one of just a number. Uh, uh, what are the shots? But the, the parking thing. Oh, well, uh, oh the, the parking on scene. Uh, uh, any fire department across the United States will tell you about this one. And so I don't know what the motivator is to park directly in front of the house on fire, <laughs> but um, it happens. It happens more so with the new folks. I'll, I'll give you know give the credit where it's due, but uh, um, getting right up and get the front row seat when you get boxed in and we lay our hoses down around you and then you want to leave, that's that's unfortunate, but it's probably not going to happen right away. Yeah. You know, so it'll it will always be blamed on me, though. So don't worry about fair. it. That's fair. Every every yeah. time I've heard something like that, I get a text message or somebody <laughs> calls me like, hey, Jesse, you Thanks for parking in front of the house. Like, yeah, yeah, your cousin parked right in yeah. front of our, our scene. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to point out which shirt I'm wearing yeah. very frequently. Yeah, you know, and I was I was taught, you know, a fire hose through the windows will will cure that once and for all. So yes it, <laughs> yes, it will. And at least we decided on this podcast that we should have a joint calendar. Uh I mean no. <laughs> no, I mean we we have our fit personnel. Not as many, maybe, uh, but you know, maybe a joint calendar would be nice. It, maybe it'd be nice just to be invited. Maybe it'd be nice just for an invite. Maybe you don't accept, but it'd be nice to be asked. It's calendar gotta be sure. more realistic though, and not like the firefighter calendar with <laughs> yeah, yeah, oiled up and like everybody's holding an axe and there's a huge fire. Yeah, so it's more it. like like pancake syrup and like stack of pa- yeah, like, cakes. Yeah. All yeah, right. A, a, a police officer gagging at yeah. something gross. Or falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Just asleep at the window. Us waking up a yeah. police officer that's sleeping yeah. on a We're leaving the scene now. <laughs> uh, uh. All right. Yeah. No, uh, it's just one of the things. I think the part is, and it, it goes back to what we mentioned, just some of the scrutiny, but, you know, we'll drive around and, you know, we'll get a middle finger from somebody. And then, no, no, no. Just, just in general on the street. Yeah, that's true. And then, I'll turn and then that same person's, you know, putting change in the boot or, you know, high fiving you guys. Or it's like, ah, why? <laughs> so, yeah. So, you guys are the heroes. We get it. Everybody loves you. So, 
That was that was a huge adjustment when we first came here. People would wave, and I was like, "Why are yeah. they waving at us? Why do you have all the extra fingers?" Yeah, and the, <laughs> this is bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All kidding aside, I do. One of the reasons I want to do this podcast is I just think the bond between the agencies is is cool. Despite all the kidding, um, when push comes to shove, you have each other's back. And it's a unique profession. Yeah. And it's great seeing, you know, both crew members, uh, our personnel where, you know, you see them go through the career together because, you know, I'll recognize, especially now that we do so many events together and a lot of joint collaboration where I'll just recognize guys who are, who are new to a crew when I was new and just seeing how everybody's doing is, is always, is always fun. Okay. Is there anything else that you guys want to add before we wrap this podcast? No, I don't know if there's still statute of limitations on events. <laughs> <laughs> hey thanks you guys for doing this podcast hopefully people now know more about this rivalry and bond between police and fire and what the relationship really is yeah and you get you know much like you asked what type of persons gravitates this career field so you know that that more aggressive ish gung-ho ish so you know you have things that that uh clash at times but ultimately we're we're here serving the same goal and same purpose so I want to thank everybody for joining us and I really appreciate you guys doing this and let's definitely do it again down the road. Maybe we'll do it after big incidents. Yeah. And honestly, we can do it after a big joint training. I know we do a lot of that kind of stuff. So yeah, no, this is uh, great. And I think the getting more of this information out there is, is nothing but positive. Exactly. So thank you everyone for being part of this podcast. We hope everybody out there listening enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on The Fire Life. Thank you guys. Medic 11. Engine 11. You've been listening to The Fire Life. A podcast by Adams County Fire Rescue. Adams County Update. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Roger, we wanted two more rescues for you. And check out our webpage, acfpd.org, for more on the services we offer, fire prevention information, and how to become a firefighter at Adams County Fire Rescue. Medic 11. Thanks for listening, and please stay safe.